With Sotictu for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic2 decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. Get the radio side started so Bill WD-40 could lube us up for tonight's show. Android Gizmo, good to have you here. Nick Adkins, Dutch Hank, Dark Protocol, thank you for coming on in. Nav Spotter, good to see you. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Christine Lynn, Nina Williams, underscore Maddie, how you guys doing? Cryptic Brother, welcome to SOR Chat. Toothbrush, good to see you. Hi, Pam Harris and Long Island Bigfoot, good to see you guys. Hey, Nicole, good to have you here. And sweet Donna C. Jenny White Bear, how are you? And who else do we have? Jurassic Joey. And Ann B, nice to see you. Michael Sieg, thanks for coming on in. Hi, Gee Calgary. And uh, Debster, thank you for that great super chat, Deb. Thank you for your love each and every night here on the show. Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived, which means we can officially start this show. Bryson's Folly, good to see you, my man. And Nucker, how you doing, my man? All right, everyone, horns up. Let's rock. mountains of central british columbia to you listening around the world this my friends is spaced out radio my name is dave scott sitting in the captain's chair of sor headquarters we welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around north america digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and kpnl all of our archives are free join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on Patreon. Join the Space Travelers Club. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bubblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. It's a power show of awesomeness tonight when it comes to the weird and strange cryptids. 
Becky Vickers is going to be talking goat man here momentarily. Then in hour number three, we are going to be joined by Steve Stockton from Among the Missing. And right after that, little Timmy Senor returns for the Cryptid Report. I'm so pumped up about tonight. You know, when we talk about something different, it just it generates some energy in me. And I'm pumped up as Becky Vickers returns to Spaced Out Radio. She was born in Texas, but after the loss of her grandfather at an early age, she began to study the supernatural. She has now dedicated her life to researching the paranormal and ways to communicate with those that have passed before us. She's also a writer, blogger, public speaker, paranormal personality, tour guide, and investigator. Outside of the books and research, Becky is also checked up on a cryptid called the goat man she now pursues this creature to pursue its existence all right let's get right to it becky vickers it is so good to have you back on spaced out radio how are you i'm good how are you good it has been way too long my friend way too long it has it has and your hair has grown about three inches longer since the last (laughs) time i saw you which is absolutely great Thank you. Thank you for that. No you problem. You look fabulous, too. Well, thank the you. Hat, the hat is nice. Nice. I appreciate that. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Becky, you have been a paranormal investigator for a long time. This has been something where you have made this a passion, a desire for yourself, and it's become a big part of who you are. Maybe explain to our audience how you got started in all of this. Yes, it is no doubt a a major part of my life. It's an everyday something to do with the paranormal, spirits, you name it. I'm all in on all that stuff. Um, Just, you know, um, when I was 16, I had a beloved grandfather like everybody does. And um, he passed away very sudden. I just could not cope like the loss was overwhelming to me. I just wasn't ready to let him go. And um, when I was younger, the paranormal wasn't a thing. Like, you didn't talk about it. You didn't bring it up. But I just thought, oh, my gosh, there's got to be a way that I can still be uh, a part of, of him some way or communicate with him. So that's where it really started, just, um, you know, reading lots of books And back in the day, I would take a little recorder and go sit in the cemetery and just try to reach out to my grandfather on the other side. And wow, once you dive into the supernatural and different ways to communicate, I was I was in 100 percent. That's I I knew this is something that was going to be an important thing in my life. Did grandpa ever come back and say hello? You know what? He did. He did. Not often because I I talk about this. I preach when I'm speaking, you know, that your loved ones are around you all the time. But it's just kind of weird to me that I I hold that relationship so sacred that I don't call on him a lot. I don't say, you know, can you come help me or show yourself? I don't do that unless it's something I'm really... Uh, troubled with and need some guidance. Uh, but he did a couple of times. Uh, one time he came to me in a dream. Um, I had a lot of survivor's guilt. I didn't get to say goodbye because 
he he passed away so sudden. So I I struggled that I wasn't there for him. And I'll never forget it as long as I lived that one night in my dream, he held my hand. And in, in my mind, in my hand, I could feel the warmth from his hand. And he was telling me, it's okay. It's okay. And Dave, I swear for two solid weeks, the warmth of his hand was still in the palm of mine. Wow. And so at that point, I thought, okay, I've, I've got to let this go of not being there. And here we are talking with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope Grandpa enjoys this interview. You know, it's funny because I lost my mom three months ago today. And I'm so sorry. Thank you. And I was just at my parents' home last week when I was on vacation. And I hadn't felt my mother since she left. And that was a paranormal experience on its own how she left and it was absolutely amazing. And I think that's the reason why I've never really broken down since my mother's passing because uh, number one, I got to say goodbye to her and my last oh. words to her were, I love you, which a lot of people don't get that opportunity. But number two, yeah. uh, the day before she passed, my sisters and I had uh, been standing around her and she was in her wheelchair sitting up, and she's having a conversation. And my eldest sister uh, in 2018 lost her only son, her only child, to a fentanyl overdose at the age of oh. 29. And so when we asked, Mom, who are you talking to? She said, Bryce, which is the deceased grandchild. I get chills just listening yeah. to you. And so my sister... My eldest sister, whose son it was, jumped up. She's like, well, where is he? Where is he? And my mom pointed. He's right there, like in front of her. Aww. And Aww. I looked at my sister. Uh, and uh, I looked at my sister and I just said to her, I told you, told you so. So, I mean, it was it was it was a great moment. It was a great moment. And it's funny because the next day when my mother peacefully passed away in her sleep my father wasn't there i i missed it by about three minutes and um the cool part you about know it, that's not by chance right oh i i 100 percent know and because yeah. my sister so here's the way i've played it out in my head which is really cool okay <laughs> knowing that my nephew was there on the other side to cross help grandma cross over. Yes. Okay. It was, it was a perfect ending because my sister Shannon never got to say goodbye to her son. And knowing oh. that her son was in that room on the other side, my sister Shannon was the one who held my mom's hand for her final breath. So it was a, oh. it was just a gorgeous, beautiful transition from life to the other side. And I've, I've always been very, you know, I'm very thankful about it. I'm not sad about it. When I gave my mother's eulogy, I brought that up and, um, and it was, it was very wholesome, you know, and a lot of people may, may not believe it. I don't really care. I know what I saw, oh. 
My sisters know what they saw, and it worked out perfectly. That That's just such a heartwarming story. And um, I, I know two people recently that had loved ones pass, and they did the same thing, Dave. They saw someone waiting. Because my thought on that is, you know, human thoughts are if we saw a big ball of light or something we might be a little frightened of what's what is that but so we have loved ones to greet us and and bring us comfort and say come on let's let's go together and you missing your mother's passing by sheer seconds or minutes um this is my interpretation of that what you told me that what you're telling me about your sister not getting to say goodbye, that was a very, that was planned for oh, it to be her and 100%, your sister. 100%. And, um, and for you not to be there in a loving way, just, um, you know, it could have been that she didn't want you to see her take her last breath, you know. Um, but gosh, Dave, thanks for sharing that because, oh, no problem. man, I, I, I love it. I love it. I hope I go that way. I hope somebody sees me, uh, you know, recognizing somebody's on the other side that I know and all my little dogs and, and animals are waiting on me and and uh, leave this earth pe- peacefully. Oh, yeah. How did you transition from researching the paranormal to getting into this crazy cryptid world? <laughs> Well, of course, the paranormal, there's always like some sort of connection, right? Um, But where I I live in in Texas, and there's a bridge not 10 or 15 minutes from my house, and I heard about it, and everybody's like, have you been to Goatman's Bridge? And I'm like, hell no, where where is that? I don't even know where that is. And they're like, you know, it's 10 or 15 minutes down from your way. And so one night I just went by myself to check out this bridge, and I took a little recorder with me, and oh my gosh, the things that I encountered just through the walking of the bridge and the, the EVPs that I caught was amazing. So, man, I, I was all in on that. I was going out there every weekend when I would get home from work. I'm out there trying to figure out what is the story here? What, you know, what happened? And, and a lot of dark stuff for sure. So, you know, I went to the Historical Society and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and um, yeah, there's there's a lot of history there. And um, that's how it got started. Just been going ever since. Did you did you have a, a understanding of what cryptids were? Did you did you have a, a, a thought that this was a road you wanted to take? Because so many paranormal investigators... They all they want to do is investigate ghosts, and that's great. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. But for very few, they actually transition into other departments of the world of the woo. Okay, so so did was that something you had planned on doing, or was it something that just came to you and naturally? Yeah, it was not planned at all. To be honest, I, I didn't expect to experience anything. Um, but definitely, I wasn't alone the first night I went. Um, I, you know, I could just tell, you know, how 
when somebody's too close and they breathe on you. It was like that. And uh, no, it, it definitely wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. And um, since you brought up woo, can I ask you, and, this, and forgive me for my ignorance here, I heard you guys talking about that on one of your shows, and I honestly have never heard that phrase before. So, like, what is that referring to? It is a slang term for everything that seems too unbelievable. Okay. That's the easiest way to describe the woo. Okay. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about, you know, it has to, the woo, you can't talk about it without saying that and stuff. And I'm like, wow, I, I, in all these years, I've never heard that term. Well, uh, I, I, I got pretty much crowned the unofficial king of the woo. Because of, you know, because I, I love the stories. Well, I want to learn from the best. You know, I, I, here's one thing that I love. Okay. I'm not a researcher. I'm a storyteller. I'm an entertainer. I'm a, I'm a journalist. I'm a, I'm a, a radio show host. Okay. And I love a good story, Becky. And to me, you know, there's people out there, you know, that are extremely hardcore. I want the evidence. Show me the proof. You know, your story yeah. means nothing without proof. Where's the photos? Where's the video? You know, um, you. why don't you have cameras up in your bedroom if you say that aliens are coming in, taking you once a week? You know, I mean, right. all of this stuff. I don't need that because I've already seen, I've already experienced what I want is somebody just to tell me the truth. Don't exaggerate, okay? Don't play it up bigger than it is. Just tell me what you experienced. And to me, that sends those childhood goosebumps up my spine, and I get the shivers. I get, you know, the little hairs on the back of my neck standing up. And to me, that is what I love. And I don't see anything wrong with that. I know there are people in our fields who have a problem with that. I don't care. I don't care. I don't either. I could care less. <laughs> yeah. So um, the way I look at it is, uh, well, I'll tell you a story. A few years ago, this is going on about four years ago now. My buddy and I were driving up a logging road because we're going to go get some firewood. I'm stacking up for the winter for firewood. And all of a sudden, this beautiful lynx cat jumps out right in the middle of the road. And it stops right in front of my truck. And I'm looking at this, and it's standing there. And it is the biggest cat I've ever seen. And it is gorgeous. The head, like it's my favorite cat. Okay. And it's paws with the thick fur and the wispy cheek fur and all of this. And I am with my phone and all of a sudden I have all left opposable thumbs. And I can't get my phone going to get my oh, pictures man. taken. Okay. And, and you can literally see the cat get frustrated. Like here I am posing for you and you don't even want to take a photo. Like are you an idiot? Right? And serious man, come on. It literally shook its head at me. Well, maybe not. That might part might be a little bit of exaggeration. Okay. <laughs> but it literally shook its head at me 
walked across the road right in front of the truck and into this little ditch and started to go into the trees. And I finally got my my phone, okay, to the photo, you know, hit the photo app and it's zooming in and I undo, you know, roll my, I roll my window down. Well, not really. Who rolls their window down? The, press the button to roll the window down. And I yell out the window. This is true. I yell out, hey, puss, I'm trying to get a picture here. Do you mind stopping? And it stops and turns it look and looks at me. I take four pictures and guess what I get? Blobcat. Okay. Blobcat. Oh, damn. Yeah, I have blob squatch photos now of a of a lynx cat, all because I panicked, and I'm seasoned. Okay, I've been face to face with aliens and and been close to Bigfoot and and seen ghosts. Okay, yeah. And here I am, screwing up the perfect photo of a lynx cat. That's how it works for me. And you know what? I took that experience, Becky, and I think that's what 95 to 99% of everybody out there who has an experience with UFOs, with ghosts, with aliens, with cryptids, and that's why we have so many blob squatch type photos. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's such a majestic moment, right? And and it's something that you, you're, you know, I call it screenshots in my in my mind. It's like, please don't ever forget this moment. Screenshot it, screenshot it. But oh my gosh, I can't tell you that's happened to me a couple times. Just been so wrapped up in oh my god, I've got to get a picture. And like you, I get blobcat. <laughs> you know, I get oh damn, really? You know, no one's gonna believe me. No one's gonna you know, believe my story, but wow, that's pretty amazing. Damn. I, I want to see Blobcat. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I see where, where you're going with that. I totally see where you go. And I would love to show you Blobcat, <laughs> you know? Oh man. You know, but, but I, I, I agree with you, Dave. I, I don't care what anybody else thinks like, uh, you tell me the story tell me what you saw uh, that's what i'm interested in and i don't really care if you believe what i say or don't um it's my experience and and it is what it is and i'm i'm glad to have it so you know i treasure those moments i i i don't care if anybody you know it's like oh you know that didn't really happen yeah yeah with Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tic 2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. 
Tic2, Ducravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tic2 inhibits Tic2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if Sotic2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade, all on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com. It, it really did. It totally did. And trust me, <laughs> I do know that links are real. They are real. That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You, now, the rest of the world may not believe that the Lynx cat exists. But I know for a fact it does. I got the I got the blobcat photo to approve it. To prove it. Look, man, if you're saying it, I'm believing it. I don't. I I believe you. That's awesome. I appreciate that. We have two minutes before we go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Becky Vickers, paranormal encrypted investigator, is with us. Did you believe in many cryptids before Goatman? No. I, I did a lot. Again, you know, my main focus was on communication with the afterlife. Uh, cryptics were really not in my vision whatsoever um, until I got to the bridge. And then uh, things changed, you know, drastically. Uh, the things that go on out there, the things that I've seen and, and what I know about cryptics. Uh, yeah, it takes you in and they're all connected, you know. But, um, yeah, that wasn't in my plan, but it is now. So why did you not believe in cryptids? I guess because I, until I, the bridge, I'd never experienced anything like a cryptid. Uh, just the shadow figures, orbs, and different things like that. But never creatures or, or anything like what you see down at the bridge. That was new to me, basically. Other than just, you know, shadow figures and spirits and maybe balls moving and this sort of thing. So it's it's in a whole different, you know, thing of its own. Did it change your outlook on how you looked at the paranormal then? Yeah. Yeah, I think it did. Um, I think it, it made me realize it's much bigger than I thought. That the, the possibilities of cryptics and Bigfoot and all UFOs and all these other things 
wow, you know, the things that maybe I didn't believe in so much suddenly opened up and is like, girl, wake up, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just never encountered anything. So I think I just out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Wow. That's pretty powerful. That is uh pretty powerful to have that happen. And when we return from the break here on Spaced Out Radio, Becky Vickers is going to teach us all about this legendary goat man. Goat's head, human body, and a real bad attitude. Can we say that? Bad attitude on Spaced Out Radio. We are right back right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. All right, uh, just a reminder to you, Becky, uh, our YouTube audience and our podcast audience can still hear us during the break. Uh, so, um, okay. yeah, look at Derek. I'm a bad boy. That's nice. That's nice. All right, who walked in here while I was looking? Uh, oh, let's see here. I think I got everybody. Yes, we are well, talking I'm, about the goat man in Denton, Texas. Um, do what? We are talking about the goat man tonight. One of the people asked in the chat room. Oh, oh. Yeah, you guys ask questions. I love that. Oh, I like questions. I do. Me too. I do. Dirty Filth, do you like questions? I like questions because they give me answers. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Where, where's Blob tonight, Filth? Because we didn't have a Blob sighting this week yet. Blob is downstairs watching spooky movies with her mom. Oh, I, Android Paranormal, I thought I said hello to you. I apologize, my man. I apologize. I hope you're having a good evening tonight. Sorry about that. Um... Let's see here. Oh, Larry. Nice gorgeous song. Larry is in Collin County next to Denton. Oh, well, hey, Larry. Is this Larry? Yeah. Yes, he's very close. We call him Gorgeous Larry around here. Oh, it's, forgive me, Gorgeous Larry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's very close. Uh, Neil Warden is wondering, uh, Dirty Filth, can you draw my compendium of comedy cryptids? For a price, he will. For a price. <laughs> you just have to go to email me, filthy, F-Y-L-T-H-Y, at F-Y-L-T-H-Y.com. Or just go to filthy.com and look at my cartoons and then email me. Yeah. Yes. Or just use a megaphone if you're in Edmonton, Alberta, and just and just yell, filthy! <laughs> filthy! Say you got pizza. 
I'll be there. Yep. <laughs> I do Android. I do have a number of dirty filth pieces of art up in the audio, in my office here. And, um, it's some of my greatest treasures. It really Aww. is. It and really some of is. my scrap drawings. I have a lot, man. You've been extremely generous to me. That's because I like you, Dave. Do you think Shade <laughs> Viking wears the type of guy who wears his sunglasses at night? There's nothing wrong with that. Don't judge. <laughs> that must must be a Texas thing. Thank you, Shade Viking, Kevin, Gizmo, Deb, and Louie for the great super chat so far. It's a great way to support this show. You know what else is a great way to support this show? Hold on. I think I forgot it. Did I forget one? No one's a question. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, joining our Space Travelers Club. Yep. If you can join our Space Travelers Club, you can check out the link that's down below in the description of this show on YouTube. And if you don't have that, you can go to... Um, what the hell is it called? Patreon, type in SOR Space Travelers Club, and it'll hop out at you. If not, Luscious Jewels will post it for you. And become one today. You can hang out with us. And if you want us to add more stuff on there, um, you can do that. Thank you, Free Your Mind, for the lovely super chat. Geocompass Explorers, how are you? Welcome to the show. Anybody else I miss? Evan Walters has vampire gout. I don't know. Maybe you misspelled that or I read it wrong. <laughs> vampire I've gout. I've never heard that. Hey, there, there's a cartoon for you, Filth. I know he's writing it down right now. Vampire gout. I know he is. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. All right, what else? Shop in our store, spacedoutradio.com, because we have cool swag. We do. And uh, here we go, everyone. Here comes the second half hour. Power is underway on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Always appreciate bringing the woo to you on a nightly basis. If you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. We are on every major podcast outlet as well. So download it, give us a thumbs up there. Or hit subscribe, follow, whatever the button means. Yeah, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, wherever else, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, everywhere. We're everywhere. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Sipping a nice Shiraz tonight 
we have Becky Vickers, paranormal investigator and cryptid investigator out of the beautiful state of Texas. Her hair has grown at least three inches since we last saw her on this show. Becky, welcome back, my friend. Thank you, Dave. I love coming on your show. It's always such a good time. Well, we love it here, too. And uh, you know what? I was thinking about you the other day when I when I messaged you. I'm like, it's been way too long. Way Aww. too long. And and you, my friend. Yeah. It has. I agree. Way, way too long. I agree too. So we had to get you back. We were forced. Thank you. We were forced to. <laughs> and the and force the one- of gravity made you call me. <laughs> or text me. Yes. Well the weird part about it was you know, I looked you up on my face. With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tick 2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic 2 decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic 2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic 2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit tmobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. Ctmobile.com. Book, and you weren't there. And I was like, how the hell did that happen? Like, where did you go? And all and so that's when I re-added you, and I'm like, "What? what's happening here? You know? That's not right. No, it was not right. It was a bad <laughs> move, Facebook. Bad move. Damn you, Facebook. Absolutely. <laughs> so here I am, and and I wanted to, you know, we talk a lot about Sasquatch and Dogman around here, but the yes. Goatman is one of these weird cryptid creatures that – now it seems to be popping up in other parts of the U.S., you know, much like, you know, Dogman used to be a central U.S. thing. Now it's all over North America. You know, Chupacabra used to be from Puerto Rico to Mexico. Now 
it seems to be all in the lower states. Uh, Goatman is one of those that people may not have heard of still to this day. So for people who may not know what a goat man is, could you just define what it is in the legend? So a goat man is also referred to sometimes as a satyr, which is a half man and half goat. And it is um, usually naked. It is in today's modern terms, uh, the party animal but he is very disrespectful to women. He's a boozer, drinker, the wild wild guy, you know, use women, um, throw them away sort of thing. But as far as physical features that people see is, is usually the bottom half is more like um, not goat feet so much as big, maybe a horse, if, if I can refer to it as a horse. But sometimes the head will have some horns and he's so, supposed to... Um, supposed to have a mane and uh, just nasty looking, first of all, but very, um, somebody you don't want to mess with. It's not just the women. I mean, the guys have encountered this, this thing too, but it's, it, long story short, it's half man, half goat. And when did this, um, this creature first start appearing? <clears throat> I interviewed a gentleman that had lived here all his life. And he said, even when he was a young boy, that his grandparents had told him about Goatman. And at that time, it was just a little bridge, and the kids would all go out there, take their girlfriends, try to scare them. You honk three times on the bridge, and Goatman would come up. But he swears, um, Mr. Calvert is his name. He swears that he actually saw this thing a couple of times in the creek bed and actually in the woods. And he pretty much said it, it's, it's just what I described. It was kind of half man, half goat, but he could see it moving through the creek bed. And then he was hunting one day and saw this creature walking in the woods. Wow. So I think it started many, many years ago. I mean, it's not anything just recent. The The locals have heard about it for years and years and years. Now, is this just a Texas thing? Or is it something that, that um, you know, is spreading out where there are sightings of this creature elsewhere? You know, it's kind of like you were talking about, Dave, with Bigfoot. For the longest, I think it was isolated here. And now it's like every state has their version of Goatman, right? There's an old bridge, an abandoned bridge, and a creature that lives under it that looks like a goat. And it, it's going to come out and grab you and take you under the bridge and never to be heard of again. So I, I do agree with you. I think it is starting to spread out like other things as well, you know. And I think all that starts from folklore, you know, different towns have little bits and pieces of folklore and you know it just grows over time so okay so i think there are a lot of goatmans out there people's versions so with this creature do you think it's taken on a life of its own that Mm. maybe it's become tulpa like a tulpa in certain areas yeah i would agree with that i mean i think the goat man that is 
here in Texas at the bridge um, has been summonsed here. I, I don't think it's just something that showed up. I think it was actually summonsed to the location by black magic, um, so a lot of satanic stuff that goes on at the bridge. Even to this day, when I'm doing tours, I run across all these weird candle meltings at really unusual spots. Um, if you go really down, down into the woods, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but I, I really think that some Satanist or something like that has summoned this thing to the location, you know, to cause hell, just basically hell. I mean, there's scratches people throw up. I mean, it, I, I've seen some crazy stuff go on out at the bridge. Okay. So when I think of a goat man, okay, I honestly, you know, even though I'm not a religious type person, I think of something that is demonic. I think of something that is devilish and fiendish and and mm-hmm. made uh, by Satan himself. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people do, right? I mean, that's, that's where our minds go. Um, because this mythical creature is just, or, you know, cryptid even. Um, all these years I've gone out there, I think I've seen this thing one time. And it was very close. It wasn't in a distance. It was close. But um, I think that's where our brains go when you talk about goat man. First, it's a scary word. Just to say goat man, you, you automatically is like, damn, that's creepy. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, Dave. It, it is. I don't think this thing is anything to mess around with. I think it's serious. I think it can do harm, physical harm, um, attachments, you know, the the, not to throw out shows here, but the Ghost Adventures show, they had a young lady that was the still photographer, and um, oh my God, I, I 100% believe that that poor child was possessed, and uh, it, it was not good. Yes, it's definitely, I understand people thinking dark things, and they should. Let me put it that way. And I, I agree with you. Religion really, you know, I, I don't know. It's dark. It's not good. No, no it, it, with this creature that is there, okay, you said you've seen it. You've had an encounter with it. Take us back to when that happened. <clears throat> okay. It was really late at night. The bridge now, if you were to go is very popular because a lot of shows have came to the bridge and did things for TV. So it's, it's gained a lot of popularity over the years. When I encountered this cryptic, this goat man, was way back when I first started going out. And I had took a group of friends, a very small group, maybe five of us. And it was late, Dave. It was, uh, I'm going to say, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. And we are actually sitting on the bridge and I'm talking and telling them some of the stuff that I found out about the bridge and the history and this and that. And coming over to my right side, coming through the woods, we start to see something. And and I'm just not paying any attention because, again, it, it's a public bridge. Um, so I'm thinking, oh, there's somebody, right? There's a kid or something 
coming walking through the woods. Well, now the, the a group has started to notice that there's something coming through the woods, and they're they're getting a little anxious and restless, and they're like, "Hey, there's there's something over there," and I'm like, "Yeah, I think it's somebody. Just don't pay any attention." Um, it was so weird because right after I said that, I looked. And Dave, this thing can't. It it didn't look like this the satire thing that I'm talking about. It was more definitely had a goat head. I'll get definitely like instead of horns pointing upwards, they came towards the face. Really big, thick horns, like a ram kind of thing. Very scary face, just like you can imagine. Big, scary teeth. Not a pleasant thing to see. But the body was floating. And and I, I, I'm not exaggerating. I have five people to back me up on this. But the body was kind of in a sheet. And that, ha- I think, is tied to the, the really tragic history to do with the clan and this sort of thing. But it was almost just white, flowy. But the head was prominent. The hands were kind of creepy. There were no feet. Like you could not see feet, anything. So now I'm seeing it. And I'm seeing it really, really good. And everybody is freaking out. And it just is coming up on the bridge. Like where we are. And so now I'm like trying to be the cool ghost hunter girl. And like, okay, don't don't panic. Don't panic. And so I just said out loud. Can I help you? Because, you know, in your mind, you're trying to rationalize what you're seeing. This is somebody in a sheet. This is somebody playing a trick. But With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means. Beach day. As a Tick 2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic 2 decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic 2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic 2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. 
Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. Ctmobile.com. When you look at the feet and there's no feet and it's like a foot up in the air, now, now that's got my attention. This, this is not a person. And it just stands there and stares at us. Everybody's starting to get up off the bridge and back up. And it just, like in the most creepiest way, just slowly turns around and goes back into the woods the very Ooh. same way you, that it came up. It never said a word. I didn't hear like grunting or anything sound. There was no sound. But it didn't even move human-like. It, I, I can't describe other than floating, but definitely like big. You know what I mean? Like it was way bigger than I think a normal man that worked out or a bodybuilder would have been. It really big shoulders and really long hands. So that that was quite interesting. You know, like you, where's my camera? Where I don't have anything out there camera-wise. We're just talking. I just had a recorder with me. Um, so that was my encounter. I've, I've never had another one like that, but that one was enough. <laughs> Do you feel that you were meant to see it? Wow, I've never been asked that before. That's a good, good question. Um Wow, I I don't know. Maybe a little bit, only because I think that kind of lured me into, if you can call it an obsession, on finding out why this thing is here, what what does it have to do with this location, and all the research and the historical documents that I went through. Uh, So now I love the spirits, the ghost spirits that are there, the travelers that are there, that are there. I'm very protective of those. Um, they're not anything demonic. This other business is, um, it's scary. It's, it's something that I think that I'm very, very aware of and very, uh, very good at protecting myself from that. So sort of part of me thinks that maybe I was meant to see that and have that experience so that the word would get out about what really went on there and the history of the place. Because that's, you know, I started writing a book from that moment on. I'm like, I've got to get this on paper. Now, you mentioned that you you had talked to someone who lived in, in Denton their entire life and had heard these stories. Does it go mm-hmm. farther back than that? Like, what is the history of this creature in, in timeline? It uh, There was actually an old town there that was <clears throat> 1850s on up, but the town did not do well. It was an actual physical town with um, a hotel, a saloon, a blacksmith, this sort of thing. But it just did not make it as far as a town. The water source was really bad from the creek that runs under the bridge. It was very contaminated, a lot of bacteria. It, it was a major uh, 
cattle crossing in the day. And so, you know, what do cows do? They pee and poop in the water. And this is not a very good running creek. So it all settles in. Um, so it caused a lot of death because people would go down to the creek, play in the creek, the kids, and um, just not a good situation. So the town ended up moving to Denton, where we now know as Denton, Texas. But there was an African-American goat farmer. farmer. And uh, back in the day, the Klan was very, very prevalent in North Texas, uh, as well as a lot of other states. But they didn't take kindly to this man um, having a successful business. And a lot of the townspeople in Alton really liked this gentleman. Mm. And so one night, unfortunately, the Klan waited for him on the bridge. Long story short, hung him from the bridge, left him there to die. And when they came back, that um, he was gone. So this scared the Klan. They went to his house and burned his house down, murdered his wife and kids, and so supposedly from that part of the lure, which I did research, and there was an actual uh, African-American goat farmer in Parshall's land, but back in the 1850, um, they just unfortunately didn't keep good records if you were African-American. They didn't keep good birth records, birth certificates, or death certificates. But there was a gentleman that had two children. So I do believe we know the location of his house. But with all of that came the story of Goatman, I think, that got passed down from maybe the 1850s. Because uh, the gentleman that I interviewed was probably 70. And that was been, you know, over 10 or 15 years ago on writing the book. So... I think that's where it all originated from. Did that answer your question? Because oh. I hear myself talking, I'm like, that was long. Oh no, that was <laughs> that was perfect. Thank you. <laughs> you know, but I mean, there we have to get to the bottom of how these things started. And yeah. let's face it, there, there are certain times in history that are extremely ugly and obtuse, and you know, wouldn't take you know, wouldn't be stood for today. But, I mean, right. the fact that this man could be, you know, his spirit, mm -hmm. be that legendary goat man that still haunts that area, I mean, that's that's quite tragic if you think about it. Oh, it's extremely tragic. And I think where the goat man came from in this, the satire is I think they took this part which has grown, obviously, there's different versions of it. The version that I know is just the part that I just told you that I've researched on, but there's different versions that I think get get exaggerated and thrown out and all this different stuff. Um, but it is very tragic, and I think the satanic side took that, and, and the part that I saw, this white sheet, would for me, represented in maybe the clan sheets. So the goat and the clan together made this, you know, cryptic kind of goat man thing. And I, I think that was deliberate. So that's my version of how it became what it is. 
And when you get something like that with all that negative energy and now you've got all these people coming and just want to see all the bad stuff and see the goat man, what is that doing? That's just feeding him negative stuff and it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Wow. We have two and a half minutes left before we have to go to break at the top of the hour. Author and researcher Becky Vickers is with us talking about the legendary goat man. Now, Becky, you know, the idea that this has turned into something what is perceived as evil, has the goat man ever been known to harm people? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. There's um, people, again, have been scratched, physically pushed. There's a lot of suicide tied to the bridge for no explanation. And, you know, that's just another baffling thing with this area is why do people choose this place to take their last breath? I, I don't know. I think it's drawing in people at their weakest time or something. I, I don't know. Do you think that have people claimed to be have been injured or put under spells or or has that been a a the type of bridge that that has people uh taking their own lives? Yes, I I I have heard of people going I have not personally had an experience or seen but I have heard stories during the research of people that would go out and climb up on the top of the bridge and want to jump and they get all of a sudden like in a, a trance and just don't know what they're doing and snap out of it at the last minute before they jump and talk about, I, I just did not know that if that's what I'm doing. Had no idea. How so high, that's scary. How high is this bridge and how long is it? Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know, Dave. To be honest, I would say the drop from the top, if you were to jump over, gosh, I suck it at this, but 500 feet? Does that sound? So it's pretty, it's pretty high awful? bridge. <laughs> it is a high bridge, definitely. And is there a river running th- below? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Very nasty, muddy water. You can't see... Because, again, it's stagnant. I mean, it doesn't run. It doesn't flow. Lots of debris underneath the surface. Um, There's no way I would get in this river. No way I would eat fish out of it. I see people fishing there. It's like, oh, hell double no. (laughs) I wouldn't eat anything out of this bridge. But, yeah. Uh, So people have had things like that happen. Just been taken over to do something to themselves or harm themselves and with Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means? Beach day. As a Tick 2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. 
Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com have no idea why well we're gonna learn more about the goat man and the legend when we return with author and researcher becky vickers here on spaced out radio a great time tonight so far as we learn about one of these creepy cryptids called the goat man here on spaced out radio we will be right back with our number two stay tuned All right, we are clear. So what we're going to do here is we're gonna, we've got about six minutes. I'm going to turn everything over to Mr. Filth here. I'm going to step away for a minute to go uh, uh, powder my nose, shall we say? <laughs> so I'll be right back, okay? Dirty, how yeah. you doing? Good, how are you, Dave? I'm good. What is this you book that you have? Tell me about this book. Book. You have a book. Oh, I do. It's a collection of my drawings. And if you go to Amazon and you type in cryptid cartoons, it's the first one that comes up. There's a, it's green. There's a great alien on the back. Or you can go to filthy.com, F-Y-L-T-H-Y.com, and you can buy copies of my prints through there or the book. And if you buy the book, you have to buy one for your mom as well. Aww. <laughs> have you always drawn? Oh, yeah, definitely. I've, I've drawn cartoons pretty much my entire life. I used to draw a lot of realistic artwork, portrait-type things. And then I just... I think I watched too much Ren and Stimpy. So... <laughs> So even as as a young kid, you wanted to draw and stuff because it's it's awesome. 
yeah, I, I've always wanted to have something printed. So I've, I have two calendars print published and I have a book published and I'm working on my second book as well. Mm, I'm going to have to go get it. Can I just tell you your voice? It's very m- mysteric <laughs> mystery or whatever <laughs> I'm trying to say. I, I don't really talk a lot, so when I do talk, I've got like a, a, a battle toad in my throat. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Your your voice is awesome, but it's it's very mis what if, what is the word I'm trying to say? Mysterious or something. Thanks. I never really thought of it about that. But anytime I hear my own voice, I always say that's not my voice. It might be this fancy microphone I got. Oh, instead well, of the Incredibly old one I used to have. <laughs> this is a really neat show, though. I, I think the Goat Man is just weird. It is. He is weird. It is weird. It's creepy. It's scary. It's all those things. Like, I can't even believe I know about it. <laughs> oh yes, powdered toast man. Sultry. Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio thinks my voice is sultry. Well, hello, Don't, Mr. That's a good word. <laughs> yes, that's a good word. I could listen to you talk like for a long time. <laughs> I know I, I sound like novels. I crawled out of the country, you know, right under a log or something. But yeah, sultry's good. Whoever said that, that was good. Good old Super Duke. I'm just trying my best not to swear. Do you have a problem with swearing? I work in a warehouse. Oh. I have, I have an extremely bad potty mouth. Oh, okay. See, I don't get that from your voice. <laughs> I also drink all the pickle juice before I eat the pickles, so maybe that's what Do it is. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> I love pickle juice, man. Yeah, pickle juice is good. You gotta go buy, like, you gotta buy the pickles from the local farmer's market from the old Polish lady or something. She's canned them from like 12 years ago. Yeah. Oh, damn. You're making me hungry for freaking pickles. We could have, you know what you got to do is you just take some pickles and slice some onion and put that together and eat that. Oh, really? I've never done that. That's, I'm not Eastern European, but apparently that's a thing that they do. Oh. I got a couple Serbian friends that say that. If you like onions and pickles. Well, I, I like them separately. I've never really done them together, but I'm 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 willing to try it. Well, you should try things three times. Once and twice to see if you like it, and third time for a variable. <laughs> I like it. I like your thinking and your theories. Mark Sanchez bagged pickles. That's weird, but in Ontario and Canada, they have bagged milk. Dave can corroborate that. We used to have bagged milk in BC. Bagged milk. Mm -hmm. Comes in a bag. Comes in a bag. I've never heard of that, ever. You can look it up. It's true. Uh, Give me a minute (laughs) here, guys. I want to say hi to Mark Sanchez, Mac Geek, Science Melinda, IXOXI. How are you all? Dark Protocol. Good to see you. 
And who else has jumped in here? Brown Dwarf, nice to have you back. And anybody who likes uh, bagged milk, join us. <laughs> All right, and big thank you to Louie, Deb, Gizmo, Kevin, Shade Viking, and Free Your Mind for the Super Chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support. It's a great way to support what we do. You want to support Spaced Out Radio? Join our Space Travelers Club. It's on Patreon. The link is in the description below on our YouTube channel. And, of course, you can always wear some of our cool swag. Go to spacedoutradio.com. Stephen Finnegan, good morning to you in the UK. And I think we're ready to go here, guys. Get everything set up. Little Robbie G, how you doing, buddy, from the Social Dig? Here we go, everyone. Hour two is next. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. And on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very glad to be right here with you talking about the high-quality woo that we do each and every night right here on the Mighty SOR. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Cispitos. Cispitos is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as a clam. Sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Make it happen. Go donate. It works good. Charities are good. So let's get right to the show, shall we? Becky Vickers is here. She's a paranormal investigator. She's a cryptid investigator. She's an author, blogger, researcher. She wears a lot of hats out there, but her hair still looks great. And we're glad to have her back on Spaced Out Radio. Becky, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We've been talking about this weird cryptid creature called the Goat Man, which pretty much looks like Satan. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. A goat's head with a human type body and, you know, yeah. cloved hoofs like the New Jersey Devils of the National mm-hmm. Hockey League. But nonetheless, this creature hangs out by a bridge in Dalton County, Texas. And there are other sightings around North America as well. This creature, uh, how often is it sighted? Is it annually? Is it a number of times per year, Becky? You know, I I would say often. Um, you know, Dave, maybe every two or three months, four months, maybe you hear of somebody that's had an experience out there with something. Maybe as far as physically seeing it or what we think it is. Uh, yeah, maybe every six months you hear of a really reputable story that somebody has encountered this thing. Again, I've I've been going out there now twenty something years, and I've seen it once, just the one time, um, but that was enough. <laughs> 
So everybody else can have their experience with it, but yeah. Okay, so how do we know it's not a bunch of teenagers running around and putting on a costume and scaring people? Oh my gosh, definitely that happens, especially at Halloween at the bridge. It is like off the charts crazy with kids um, coming out and putting the mask on trying to scare people when we do tours through there it's very difficult because we do have a lot of kids that want to hide in the trees and the brush and jump out so it, it's really hard with so tick two for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis you could show off your skin again and you know what that means beach day as a Tic2 inhibitor, Satic2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Satic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Satic2 decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Satic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Satic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. You have to, I guess, take each story itself with a grain of salt unless you really know that person. Um, because I think there is a lot of crapola that gets said. And, you know, it's it's a good story to tell, to tell your friends, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I ran into Goatman tonight or something. Um, there is something there. There's no doubt about that. But I don't know that everybody sees it all the time. Okay. So, you know, much like anything – it, it could be a prank at times that people are mm-hmm. seeing and, and that, you know, that has to be ruled out when this creature is around. Does it have an odor? Is it huffing and puffing? Is it making any sounds? It is not. The only thing that I have experienced to related to the sound 
I did have an experience where I was in the woods and I was doing a tour. <clears throat> Excuse me. And we do this this part of the the woods, the forest, and we I make everybody turn the lights out and listen. Because man, your senses are heightened and everything. And oh my gosh, there was this one night day that literally I guess in my mind's eye, my third eye, whatever, I could hear this breathing in my ear. I'm a country girl, in case you guys didn't notice. Um, I know the sounds of the woods. I know the the little varmints and stuff of the woods. But there was something that I can only envision as a pure demon. And I don't use that word lightly. You will hardly ever hear me say I encountered a demon. But this night, I do believe I did because I could hear the breath in my ear like a long, drawn-out, talking about the sound, (sighs) like that, just a big, long sigh. And this vision came, and it was like a decayed face with drool just dripping down. Oh, my God, it scared the living hell out of me. I mean, I jumped, I ran because I knew that was not a normal sound and just it was on me. It wasn't in a distance, it was on me. So that that was pretty terrifying. Hmm. But other than that, I don't think there is an odor or anything. Um I will tell you, Dave, that I'm interested in your opinion that my daughter and I were out at the bridge one day and I like to go check things out before we take a tour down at night, make sure there's no limbs or anything that somebody could trip on. And I'll have to send you the picture, but I think I caught what I showed it to some other person that he was very young and I don't know how experienced with Bigfoot he was, but he said it was a primate. Definitely something in the trees, big hairy arms, and I, I, I actually caught a good picture of it. Really? Yes, I would love. Do you think here in Texas that that could be? I mean, I mean, could they make it here? I guess survive in habitat. I think they have to. I mean, it would be the same as. Sasquatch or Dogman. Yeah. You know, where, you know, does this creature eat? If it does eat, what does it eat? Is it eating rabbits? Is it eating birds? Is it, you know, in your area, snakes or deer or or whatever it may be, any type of rodent that is out there? Or is it eating plant fauna? You know, like goats eat grass. They eat leaves. They Goats eat everything. Yeah. Yeah. It it was um, it was great. I've never seen anything out there again like it. And people ask me that I show them the picture. Was there a smell? We weren't close enough to have a, a smell if it had one. But it was almost hiding behind a tree, kind of like you see on the shows. Um, but it's definitely there, and it kind of freaked me out because I. I am not knowledgeable on Bigfoot. I'm getting more interested only because I don't understand and I want to understand about Bigfoot. And could there possibly be one? And maybe people are seeing this thing and thinking it's Goatman. Even though I do think Goatman is there. 
But do we have something else now? Yeah, I mean, that you would have to talk to some of the Bigfoot hunters who are who are looking, and, and they are mainly looking in the northern reaches of uh, of of the uh, of the state, you know, up near Louisiana and and so on and so forth. That's where they seem to be getting a lot of their uh, sightings from. But I mean, knowing that Denton is so close to Dallas, I don't know if there would be any type of sightings in that area, you know, without yeah. having to travel more north for Sasquatch at well, least. Well, I do know there's been some reports up in Oklahoma, up in the Ozark Mountains that border Oklahoma and Arkansas. Um, I just didn't know if possibly some could have made it here because the woods around the bridge are very, very thick. And they actually butt up against uh, Lake Louisville, which is a really big lake. Um, but there's miles of forest in between here and there. But I, I just don't know. I'm very curious to know. Uh, I've never seen it again, never encountered anything like it. But um, I'm just really interested to know if, if possibly now we have something like that that's out at the bridge. Could be. Could be. I, I would talk. I'll have to hook you up with a, a friend of mine, Big Tex, uh, who is a Sasquatch hunter. And, you know, maybe you guys can chat away about where, because yeah. he would know the region much better than I would regarding the Sasquatch. But, you know, for you, when you go looking for this, are you, are you going with people? Do you go out alone? Do you go in armed? You know what? I used to go alone, but too much crazy stuff started happening when I first started doing everything that I learned real quick. Going out there by myself was not a good idea. First, again, being a country girl, I'm used to nature. I'm used to things being in the woods. And Dave, I have never in my life ever seen so many poisonous snakes in one location in my life. Nope. I'm, nope. I'm talking water moxkins and copperheads. One night, I'm not exaggerating, I had to cancel a tour because we counted 10 copperheads in less than 30 minutes. And that's, it's just unsafe because the leaves and the grass, and I'm like, this, we can't, we can't do this. It's unnatural. It's unnatural how many snakes are at this bridge. Yep, I can tell you right now by you saying that, I will never, ever go there. <laughs> ever. Listen. I hate snakes, Dave. You don't know how I have to suck it up to take people out that nope. are interested in going to the bridge. Um, I'm petrified. I'm, I'm not cool. I tell everybody beforehand, look, if I see a snake, I'm not cool about it. I'm going to scream. I'm going to stomp. And um, tour's over. <laughs> Money back. I, yeah, I, I'm scared to death. But it's it's not normal. I don't know why there are so many snakes at this location. Again, I think it just has to do with the negative energy around the place. I don't know, but I can tell you right now, old Davey is not traveling to Texas. 
to look for the goat Come man. On. Be- no, 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 no. Honey, I don't even go swimming in a lake because I'm afraid the jar, the Jaws fin is going to pop out of the water. Okay? I live on top of the mountains. The ocean is 200 miles away from me. And I will not go into a lake because you never well, know when that not, fin's going to pop up. Do you not have snakes on the mountain? Where I live, it's too cold. Yeah, I mean, oh, there's okay. garter snakes and everything. I was out uh, getting firewood a couple of years ago, and I was loading up my, my vehicle, and I almost stepped on a garter snake, and mm. I screamed like a banshee, <laughs> and the snake went right towards my big, tough buddy, Mike, and he screamed like a banshee, and we, we refused to go in there for about half an hour to get the rest of the of the logs that we cut because of that damn little <laughs> oh, three-foot garter snake. I'm that petrified too. I'm with you, man. I it's amazing I can even walk through the woods. I don't do tours in the summertime because the snakes are even doubled, you know, because they're active and they're not hibernating. I just I can't go down there hardly at all in the summer. All the tours have to take place in the winter. And still, as late as October and Halloween, man, they're still out down there. It's it scares the crap out of me. Now, if I drive an hour south, I'm in rattlesnake territory. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> and I am, and no, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> no, nope, don't get there. You know, <laughs> don't get there. There's just, I've never heard the rattle. I don't ever want to hear oh. the rattle. You know, funny oh, story. I'll tell you a quick funny story. When I was in broadcasting school. You have to learn how to do television and you have to learn how to do radio. And I I always knew I was going radio, but I did a story for our television on this reptile refuge. Mm. And the lady invites me into this, into this room, (laughs) shall we say. Yeah. And there is a 15-foot albino python in there. (laughs) And apparently she is nice and sweet. So I'm interviewing her with this python right there. And this python starts hissing at us. Okay. And then it starts hissing more. And then more, and and she's like, "I th- okay, we're pissing off this snake. We're gonna have to get out of here." So I booted it, and that that was my extent. A fifteen foot python, good enough, okay, <laughs> good enough, and no, no, you know, no, hell no, that's scary. No, no, and for her to say it's nice, <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is what? my sweet this is my sweet baby. I love her. No. Is that, no. Are there snakes are now I know there's gonna be people out there that have snakes, but nice and snakes to me don't go together. <laughs> snakes and sharks don't go together either. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's true. Or crocodiles or alligators. Okay. That it's just no, don't need any any of that. 
Don't need any of that. No, I'm I'm in your boat, man. No way. No. <laughs> With this goat man being seen around, do, have you ever been out there and tried to summon this thing? No. Hell no. I, I, no. I would not try to do that because I've seen it and uh, I've felt it. You know, I, the, the breathy thing, I just, um, no, I, I would not even attempt to do that. Just no. <laughs> it's like the snakes. No, I would not try to summons that. Mm-mm, no. Do you know people who have? Yes. And yes. what's happened? I, well, I've, I've had a gentleman come on the tour one time and he was, you know, creepy i mean you know how you get vibes from people and this guy was super creepy and he's 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 unnerving me and i'm paying really close attention to him because he's just i don't know he's bothering me he's he's just got this aura of this something's up with this guy and oh my gosh like we would stop at the different places that things have happened People have gotten sick and pushed, and there's a portal tree in this where we see a lot of the satanic stuff. And he just wanted to start doing a rant. I mean, he's like, devil, come and show yourself right now and, and, you know, do this and do that. And I'm like, no, hell no, not. You can't do that with all of these strangers. You don't know when you're going to call something in and and we're going to be left with whatever so I'm, I ask him to leave the tour because I'm, I don't want any part of that stuff. And especially at this location that already has such negative energies and, you know, just a lot of bad things have happened at the bridge. No way. Uh, but this guy tried. And, and I do know other teams that have taken Ouija boards and things like that. Um, I can tell you a quick Ouija board story. Yeah, do that. We got three and a half minutes. Okay. We were on the bridge one night, and um, the kids out there know that I come a lot. And so they're like, oh, you know, lady, you know, whoever you are, we don't care. We're going to do our own thing because I'm telling them, please don't walk through the woods and flip-flops, right? The snakes. And, and they do their own thing. But one night, we're sitting in the middle of the bridge. These kids walk up with a Ouija board. And I say, please don't do that while we're on the bridge because I have a group of people and I don't want to expose my guests to something that I don't know how to handle. I can handle your spirits all day long, but this demons and cryptics and stuff, you know, you, you got to know what you're dealing with. But they put a beer, they're like, oh, you know, screw you, lady, we're going to do this. So they put a beer can on the Ouija board. Honest to God, they started putting their hands on there and saying stuff like, if the goat man is here, show yourself. And Dave, the board started shaking enough that it knocked the beer can off the Ouija board. Wow. We saw it. We witnessed it. It was unbelievable. And those kids got up and left. They left the Ouija board, everything. It freaked them out. That was pretty wild, too. What do you... Okay, so is there normally a lot of paranormal activity around there? Yeah. Yeah, I would say 
um, you can get things to move if you put it on the bridge a lot and a lot of equipment can go off. Um, you know, the EMF meters and um, I use an SLS cam sometimes and we'll get stick figures. And yeah, I would say there's definitely a lot of paranormal stuff. Like what? Well, uh, again, um, we, one of the shows way back when called My Ghost Stories, um, they came and filmed, and we we had submitted a clip that showed a ball. And when I use a ball for communicating, I put dots on it. I don't just use a round ball because that just helps me see if the ball's rolling, if it's really moving. And, uh, you know, so we definitely got a shadow come in and push the ball. It's all on film. It was amazing. So that happened. And the guy that was doing the filming rented like a big floodlight kind of thing. And it went completely out during the whole taping. And I forget, he had paid like $1,500 to have this thing. And um, they called somebody to come check it out. And he said it. they had no idea why it wouldn't work. But it had never done that before. So they let it sit out there until the next morning. The guy came to pick it up and it was working. Like, the, the guy that was doing the filming is like that. We have never had anything like that happen. So, yeah, stuff happens. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, and, and it continues to this day. Yes. Yeah. All the time. Usually, we you can see these little glowing lights through the, the woods. Um, they're quite interesting. We see those often. Um. As far as other paranormal, you know, the touching, the feeling of the hair, I believe that is the children that of the town of Alton. Right. Um, they're buried just, you know, around the corner from the bridge. There's a big cemetery with a lot of the citizens buried there. On that note, we got you for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Becky Vickers from Texas. Paranormal investigator, goat man investigator, author, researcher. She does it all. We'll get to audience questions when we come back on Spaced Out Radio. The Mighty SOR continues right after this. Good morning, Dogman UK. <clears throat> there we go. I think now I'm comfy. I think you should come down here, Dave. Not a hope in hell after all those snakes. <laughs> That's just crazy talk. Come on, man. Work with me. Come down. I'll show you the bridge. Will you hold my hand? Yes, I will. Unless we see a snake and then it's over. Both of us getting the hell out. 
Maybe. Just give Dave a teddy bear. He'll be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are you dirty filth? Are you, uh, let's see what you put up here for a second here, buddy. Let's have a gander, shall we? Oh. Wow. That is awesome. You got to pay five bucks because the county ain't putting any money in to repair the bridge. Bastards. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. That's a good one, Filth. I had to throw a gray alien in there just for good measure. Dude, that goat looks awesome. He that plays in a black does. metal band on the weekend. With Sotic 2 for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means? Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, Sotic 2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about Sotic 2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. Sotic 2 Decravacitinib is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic 2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic 2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tic2 inhibits Tic2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tic2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. <laughs> I love that. That is dirty, man. That is dirty awesome. It is. I want that. How can I get that? Can I buy that from you? I think we can arrange something. That is so cool. I love the sky. The colors that you did on the sky. That's really neat. Thanks. It's it's better than going under the bridge because if you go under the bridge, there's a troll under the bridge. Gotcha. Mm. See, that just looks scary to me. That just looks <laughs> scary. Uh, so I'm uh, Stephen Finnegan, how do you get pinned on the SOR map? 
Which country are you in in the UK? Let me know. Do we have anybody from outside of North America here tonight? Besides Stephen. Put your country in it. We'll map it up here. It's a beautiful picture there, Dirty. Thanks, Dave. We seriously need someone from Antarctica, though. I know. Lincolnshire's in England, I believe. Uh, Dutch Hank is in the Netherlands, of course. I think I've already marked you, Dutch Hank. You are not from Zimbabwe, Derek. You're from Florida. You're Florida, man. (laughs) Tokeland, how you doing? Mm. (laughs) Anna, where in Canada are you? Are you an Ontarian? You seem like an Ontarian. Your accent sounds very Ontarian. With your bagged milk. Oh, little Timmy Senor is getting ready. I think he's done about 12 push-ups before the show. All right, big thank you to Louie, Deb, Gizmo, Kevin, Shade Viking, and Free Your Mind for the super chats. Very much appreciate the love and support. Hi, Zoon. How are you? And, uh... Yeah, if you haven't joined the Space Travelers Club yet, do so by going to the link down below. Jules, I'll get you to post the link, if you don't mind, in the chat room. And join that at any time. We have some fun in there, and we're starting to build the fun. And um, our website, you can go to our website and get uh, um, some swag. we got cool shirts there. We do. We got cool shirts. Here we go, everyone. Do you still have the Dave underwear? Yep. Dave underwear? We passed the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Oh, we're off the rails. My name is Dave Scott, your host with the most tinfoil, and you are listening to the Mighty SOR. All right, want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. We're on every major podcast network like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and everywhere else. So make sure you hang that on out and let us know uh, when you get there by hitting that like and follow button. We'd appreciate it. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, and you can join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. For the final time tonight, Becky Vickers is here. We are chatting about the legendary goat man and we we are going to get to some audience questions here as we welcome Becky back. Thank you so much for being here. Oh my gosh, it's been so 
fun. Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're having a good time. We're going to start with Neil here. How come there are any, are there any cryptid women? Hmm. Um, I'm sure there are. Mermaids. But I haven't encountered, encountered any. Mermaids. Sea hags. All sorts. That's true. But, but, you know, in a way, he's right. I mean, there's Bigfoot, Dogman, Goatman, Frogman from Ohio. That's a very good point. Very good point. All right, let's go to President Zaddy. Do you think this is a Baphomet? I'm, I'm going to um, plead the fifth because I don't know what a Baphomet is. Well, <laughs> what is it? A Baphomet is a deity that looks like a goat, worshipped by the Knights Templar that subsequently became incorporated into various occult and Western esoteric traditions. Hmm. I, 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 I'm going to pass on that. I don't know. Let's go to Maybe? Jay. Which is more likely in your opinion? Thousands of different cryptids and alien species or one source making you think there are thousands? It's a good question, Jay. Mm-hmm. What do you think on that, Dave? I think the phenomena is all one and has the ability to create thousands. I like it. Yes. I Yeah. The one thing that I am very much... Uh, um, believing over the last couple of years is that the phenomena is everything. And the phenomena is both good and bad, yin and yang, and that it can make you laugh and it can make you cry and make you angry and make you happy all at the same time. I like it. I, I like that. I agree with you. Yeah. Let's go to Anna. Does the goat man have a general race or color to its skin? Everyone describes. Anna, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I would say it does. Most people see that it, it, a lot of people talk about the red eyes, that it has red eyes and, um, that it does have the darker colored hair, like the hairy part of it. The bottom part is more like black than brown. But so a lot of people do say that the eyes are red, and that that's very common to hear that with, with the goat man for sure. Good question. Incredible. Thank you. All right, let's get to our good friend <laughs> Android here. Hi, Becky. You said the goat man you saw had no feet, right? So was it yes. also translucent? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for asking that. Um, it was not. It was very vivid. It didn't seem, I couldn't see through it. I mean, it was defined. When I, I'm talking about the big shoulders and the really long arms and the head, I mean, I, I could tell you the features in the face. I mean, that it had dark eyes. It did not have red eyes. It had very black eyes. 
but it was not translucent at, at all. I, I, it, it looked like a mass for sure that you could not see through. Good question. Thank you for that. All right. While we wait for more questions, I want to ask you about some of your paranormal work because Texas is a pretty haunted place. You know, I mean, from the Alamo straight down to, you know, the wild, wild west, yes, uh, Texas, yes. you know, you know, I think when, when children are born in Texas, they're born with a sidearm, you know, and I don't understand it, but that's just the way it seems to be. What kind of hauntings do you get down there? Well, I have been to the Alamo. And I have one of my most favorite pictures that I've ever taken was uh, of a soldier. It's an apparition, full-bodied apparition of a soldier. And you can see he has a gun strapped to his chest and he has a cigarette even. Like how a man would stand kind of on one leg smoking a cigarette. It's amazing. So we we have a lot of, of hauntings out on the battlefields. There's a several battles that took place here and those are you know i'm sure a lot of it is residual energy um but you know just that we have the the typical soldiers we have um of course a lot of haunted houses that have apparitions and shadow figures um we have lots and lots of dirt roads county roads the guy the gentleman that lives in collin county um, there's lots of sightings of glowing balls or, uh, you know, things running across the, the, the uh, dirt roads in front of you, that sort of stuff. Just your typical paranormal things. A lot of soldiers, because there was a border way back when, you know, yeah. with the Spanish-American War and, and yeah. you know, the border crossing to Mexico and... And then, you know, the, the the South versus the North. I mean, there's a lot of battlefields in those areas. I yeah. mean, how, are there battlefields there like a Gettysburg where people still claim to hear cannons firing and guns mm -hmm. going off? And have you had a chance to investigate those type of areas? There is, um, down by San Antonio, there is an old fort that a big battle took. And I think if I could, you know, don't, don't, uh, get on to me if I'm wrong, but it was the second largest battle besides the Alamo. And I think it's La Presidente or something like that. Um, I do believe there are a lot of, of wandering souls from that battle that we've gone and, actually caught on our recorders, cannons firing. The night that we were there, there's an old uh, bell tower thing. Uh, the bell was ringing by itself, and, and that was just impossible. So we caught all of that. And um, so lots of cool stuff like that. So I think there's, you know, definitely some residuals, probably a lot of intelligence, but... Yeah, definitely hearing the gunshots, the be the bell tower, um, you know. So there's definitely stuff like that. Not as much as Gettysburg. That's on my bucket list. I have not been there yet. It is on my to do next year. If I will be there. Not me, man. Not me. Come, 
Everybody Come does. On, Dave? No, no. I would go there. I have a different mystery to solve. Yeah? What is it? Well, I I like going to small towns and and finding their local legends and investigating those. I'm not into yeah, I'm not really into the out well, I shouldn't say I'm not into it, but outside of my the ghost tour I run to raise money for our local museum. I I don't like a lot of of these popular places. <laughs> You're talking to a ghost hunter. I know, I know, but you know what? Every TV sh- every time you turn on a TV show about ghosts, Somebody's doing Gettysburg, somebody's doing Bobby Mackey's, somebody's doing Alcatraz, somebody's doing Lizzie Borden's house. It's like there's only four locations in the United States, maybe, oh, five, because we got to put Waverly Hills in there. There's only five locations in the United States that that ghost hunting television shows go to. You know, that's it. And they just rotate. I agree. I agree. Um been there, done that, right? Like over and over. How many times can we see the same shadow people or the same noises? Um, I'm with you on the legends. I want to go check out places nobody's ever been. Um, I, I do a lot of, of investigating through connections of, hey, my mom has this old cabin on on her farmland. Come check it out. I want to go where nobody's been yet. Give me that uh, to deal with. Exactly. I, I agree. A lot of the television stuff gives us that are in it for the right reasons a bad name, unfortunately. Oh, I, I'm not saying, yeah, I and, and I apologize. I don't want you to think oh, that, no, I, no, that no, I was thinking good. that, that uh, you know, giving you a bad name or, or, or whatever. Because, you know, ghost hunting really, I, I, I find it thrilling. I, I do. Because you never know what's... Going to what you're going to capture, and I love EVPs. I love electronic. Oh, voice too. me too. Me too. You know, I mean, when you get a ghost talking back to you, that is phenomenal, phenomenal. And you know, no one else said it. I mean, you yep. actually caught a voice that you know wasn't there at the time. It, yeah, it's pretty cool. It, it very much is. How do you challenge yourself from not falling into the paranormal rhetoric that everybody does? I, I try to stay clear of all of that. I, I try to do my own thing. I'm very, very big on thinking outside the box. You see all the ways that on TV people communicate and do things. Um, I'm very into doing my own thing and trying new things. I just came up with a... Do you know what the Estes Method is? Yes. Okay, so where they put the headsets on and you ask the questions? Yeah. So about a month ago, I went on an investigation at um, a Masonic Lodge. And I came up with the idea, if it's an intelligent spirit, they're going to be able to read. So I would never said a word. I never said a word. But I would write a question down, show it to the camera... And then see if the the spirit box would respond. I would just write, you know, question one. 
um, do you realize that you're gone? And it would say yes. Okay, are you male or female? Man. So, to me, that was very validating. I haven't seen anyone else do that. So, that's just another way to validate an intelligent spirit because they can read. They not only talk, you know. Right. So, I, I try not to get involved in whose evidence is better. Uh, men, I got the, the most evidence at this location. I, I try to stay clear of all the big places that people go. I, I'm like you. I want to hear about the smaller stuff and try to stay grounded and true to the research of, of the property and not get involved in all that other business. A couple of questions from our audience. This one from Android. Becky, what's your favorite city or town in Texas to paranormal investigate? Well, if you're coming to Texas, definitely San Antonio, but over near San Antonio, there is a town called Yorktown. It has a huge abandoned hospital in it. It's insanely haunted. I can't tell you how much stuff we've caught there. And the whole town, I love you, Yorktown, but you have a creepy vibe. The minute you get there, you're like, something's different. Something's different about this town. So, uh, you know, Yorktown in the San Antonio area, like Dave was talking about, down where a bunch of the battles happened is probably my favorite places. I'd go there. I'd go there. Yeah. No snakes there. You would? Yeah. I got buddies in San yeah. Antonio, and they say the food is incredible there. It is. Oh, the Mexican food, the enchiladas. <sighs> oh, my gosh. That's yes. what I've heard. The enchiladas are to die for. <laughs> to die for. Yeah. Well, one of our favorite veterans who listens to this show former Marine Black Dragon, we love you and thank you for your service, is asking, Becky, do you have anything about the ghost ships in the Gulf? Oh, well, thank you for your service. And um, I don't know a lot about the ghost ships, but I have tried to do some research on my own. Um, as far as down on Galveston, because of the big hurricane that came and wiped all of the things out, um I have been down there a time or two on the beach that I saw things that were out in a distance on the water that I perceived to be a, a, a ghost ship, for lack of a better word, that it was there one minute and then it wasn't. So, oh, I love that question. I love that question about the ghost ships. You know, there's... So I, I think it, it could be definitely some stuff down there for sure. Off the coast of Newfoundland on Canada's eastern coast... Every about twice a year, people claim to see the ghost ship of the Titanic. No way. Yeah, because the Titanic sunk off the coast of Newfoundland when it hit the iceberg, and oh and God. to this day, a couple times a year, people will claim uh, that they will see the Titanic uh, sailing on by. Uh, St. John and, and, and some of the more popular areas. You know, I think that would be the highlight to my paranormal career research to see something like that would be amazing. I have just a fun, fun thing for you people that are traveling over the summer. I have gone on cruises because we're talking about the ocean, a huge conductor of, of energy, uh, sat on my patio on a cruise ship and 
tried to get EVPs, and a couple of times I have not as good as I've gotten on land. But listen, for in my opinion, the sea is haunted. You know, if you're on a cruise ship, get out there and take some pictures of ghost ships or take some pictures and do EVPs on a patio or on the deck. See what you get. Android wants to know, have you ever been to the haunted Magnolia Hotel in Seguin? Yes, it's wonderful. I think um, everybody should go there at least once. Absolutely loved it. It's beautiful. Um, We had, as far as experiences, I actually set a camera up outside. Uh, We were staying at the Magnolia. I set a camera up outside, and there's like a little um, tank creek i don't i don't know what it is a little lake um and i definitely believe i caught like a lady in a white dress floating across with so tick two for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis you could show off your skin again and you know what that means beach day as a tick two inhibitor so tick two is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis ask your dermatologist about so tick two today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. So Tick 2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to So Tick 2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. So Tick 2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years. Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit tmobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. Ctmobile.com. There on my night camera that I set outside. That I love that place. What's your favorite part of being a paranormal investigator? What's the rush for you? All of it, man. All of it. I love helping people that have hauntings in their home. I've made some really good friends helping people um, understand what's going on in their house. That's a huge rush for me when when I still get emails. And Becky, thank you. It was life-changing you know, what you found out and, and how you helped us. Nothing feels better than that. 
and I, I'm just a huge EVP nerd. <laughs> I love to get the EVPs. They're class A, super clear, especially intelligent ones that respond back. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in on all of it to the core. <laughs> Do you ever get attachments? Oh, my God. Yes. Yes, it sucks. When I first started going to the bridge, I do believe that one of the children at the bridge came home with me. I don't think it was anything negative, but, man, I had to sage the heck out of my house. I have a two-story house, and at the time, it was just my daughter and I living here. All the water in my house and all the bathrooms, the upstairs, the kitchen, came on at the same time, full blast, like it freaked my poor daughter out. She ran out of my house. She's screaming out in the front yard. Never going back in that house. I'm never going back in the house. Then things would, the TV would come on full blast every damn, I don't mean every other night, every night, like at three o'clock. It was, uh, it was scary. Lots of things have followed me home and, um, so I'm much more cautious with that now. But yeah, attachments for sure. How do you how do you go about keeping yourself safe? I do a lot of protection prayers. I'm a big, big supporter of sage. I will sage my equipment before I bring it back in the house. Um, a lot of the spirit boxes and stuff, I don't bring in my house. They stay in my garage. I don't bring them in my home. And I'm very, you know, mentally surround my house with white light that nothing can come through. Um, definitely, you've got to do that sort of stuff. Even if you go to a haunted location and you drive and, you know, you've had some sort of experience, be sure and smudge your car before you leave. That sort of thing. You know, who knows what you're going to bring home in your back seat. So I try really hard to be aware of my locations before I go in and be, you know, put up my wall of light and, and protect myself that way. But my home is my space. I don't bring any of my equipment in that doesn't get saged. And, of course, with any, I love antiques. I love buying haunted things. But we have understanding there's rules before they can come in the house. That sort of stuff. Got to lay the ground rules. You ever had a troublesome ghost? Um, as far as doing something. Just an annoying you know, one that just seems to bug you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love to read. So at night, my thing is to read before I go to sleep and I, I wear glasses at night. And, uh, you know, one night I remember I laid my book down, flipped it over and I laid the glasses by the book and I came, I had gone to the restroom. I came back. The glasses are gone, completely gone. I'm taking off the cover of my bed. Literally, I go into the kitchen and they're sitting by my back door. Impossible. I've had um, lots of things move that I know can't, that I didn't put there. It's, there's no way that it should have went from this spot to that spot. Lots of things being hid and suddenly show back up. That happens frequently. <laughs> All right, Becky, we got about a minute left with you, and it was such a pleasure to 
chat with mm-hmm. you again. And you know what? I I do want to get down there. I've got a lot of friends down in Texas, and I've never I've never been there. And uh, well, I, I outside of catching a connector in Houston, I've never been to Texas, and it's a place that I've always wanted to visit, and especially San Antonio. So we'll have to line something up. And we also need to get you up to Reno for our fan party, May 10th to 12th. And oh, yes. Yes. Uh, we, we'd love to have you as a special guest there and, and hang out with us and, and party with our fans. And we're going to set up a big paranormal investigation. And I will make sure you know about that. I, I will. Oh, I'd love to. That sounds like a blast. I'd love to meet all your fans. Oh, we it was fantastic. Year number three, we're doing this. Becky Vickers, thank you so much for being on Spaced Out Radio again. Coming up next in hour number three, we kick things off about haunted cars from among the missing Steve Stockton. Then it's UFO Report Night with our good friend, little Timmy Senor, the resident Timbit, coming up very soon as hour three approaches on Spaced Out Radio. Perfect. Perfect. Great show. Dave, thank you. I Oh, my gosh. I always have such a good time. Well, we love you around here. We do. Thank you. I love you guys. I love the drawing too, <coughs> Dirty. <laughs> yeah, Filthy. Filthy just jumps off when I he's done. He just jumps off. But uh, much love to you. We'll talk to you soon. I'll get you some information on Reno. And if, yeah, you, if you can meet us there in fun. May, we'd love to have you there. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. I've loved it. We'll do it again soon, my dear. Okay. Take care. Have a good night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Becky, Becky Vickers, everybody. I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back. You guys hang in tight.
Thanks, guys. Thurston Howell the third, how are you? Yes. May 10th through 12th is in Reno, Nevada for the second or the third annual Spaced Out Radio Fan Party. Uh, we are efforting to lock things up with the hotel so we can we can line the things up there. And uh, yeah, I'm going to bring in a bunch of special guests and I know uh, Katie Page is coming. I believe Geraldine Orozco is coming. Melinda Leslie is coming. Science Bob is coming. Merle is coming. Uh, we're going to get Becky there. Little Timmy Senor is coming as well. Uh, Terry Hall is going to be there. Our Spaced Out Radio team is going to be there. I'm going to be there. I'm definitely going to be there. Uh, Cherry Pepsi Mike is coming, and he's going to bring his famous piano key ties, which is going to be fun. And, uh, no, we're going to have a great time. Uh, everybody's invited. Everybody's invited to come have a good time. We're going to do a live show. And a uh, big thank you tonight to Louie Times 2, Android, Free Your Mind, Deb, Gizmo, Kevin, and Shade Viking for the great super chats. Very much appreciate the love. And you can do your shopping at spacedoutradio.com and join our Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Here we go with the last hour. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do me the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Cispitos. Cespitos is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. And uh, what else can we tell you? Um, you can join the Space Travelers Club. All you got to do is go to Patreon. And type in SOR Space Travelers. It's a good way to support what we do on a nightly basis. It is that time of the night once again where we hear from Steve Stockton from the YouTube channel Among the Missing for another creepy story. Hello, friends. Welcome to Among the Missing YouTube channel on Spaced Out Radio. I'm Steve Stockton, and I'm about to take you on an unbelievable journey of people just like you. Their stories and encounters will haunt us on Among the Missing. Described as the most evil car in America, the Golden Eagle is the inspiration behind Stephen King's best-selling creepy novel about a killer car, Christine. 
It's easy to understand why when you consider that not one, not even two, but three previous drivers, all police officers in Old Orchard Beach, killed their whole families and then themselves. For a town of only 8,000 residents, this is a startling statistic. The Golden Eagle is a 1964 Dodge 330 limited edition that's reportedly responsible for as many as 32 deaths, but at least 14. And these aren't limited to drivers. In fact, any person who dares to touch the Golden Eagle has a high chance of meeting a bad end, and those who vandalize it are almost certain to suffer or die. The Golden Eagle started out as a police cruiser. It's reported that three officers who drove it not only opted out, but took the lives of their families as well. The triple tragedies led to the demonic vehicle being sold to an elderly man who evidently caught the vibe as he sold it on soon afterwards to the Allen family. Random mischief on the car's part included doors flying open at high speeds, the steering jamming, seatbelts releasing, brakes failing, and the engine stalling for no reason. It's believed that the Allen family suffered no harm only because they respected the Golden Eagle's power from the outset. Many people, however, did not, and many would pay for that. Wendy Allen, the current owner, has a fascination with haunted vehicles. She goes by the name of Reverend Eelcat and describes herself as, quote, the one and only sea witch of Old Orchard Beach, end quote. She claims the Golden Eagle is haunted, all right, but isn't a killer. However, the deaths attributed to it tell another story. In the 80s and 90s, a number of terrible deaths were linked to the vehicle. Two teenagers were hit by cars and thrown onto the hood where they died. And at least one other tragedy was reported when another person who touched the Golden Eagle went home, dispatched his entire family, including the dog, and burned the house to the ground. At one point, a religious group targeted the demonic Golden Eagle and vandalized it, breaking it down into parts. One of these men was decapitated in an accident with an 18-wheeler truck. Another was struck by lightning. Wendy Allen went on a mission to retrieve as many parts as she could. She's been accused of using the demon car to cast spells. So these days, she's wary of being targeted by the church. She keeps what's left of the Golden Eagle locked away from the public in a private place. The Soviet Union's Black Volga. In the 1960s and 70s, Satan himself was traveling around Russia, Ukraine, Poland, and Hungary in a shiny black Soviet Volga limousine, snatching children. At least, that's what people believed, especially after a credible abduction witness described two girls being sucked into the limo like a vacuum. The witness heroically tried to intervene and opened the passenger door, but the car was completely empty. The girls had vanished, and there was no driver. The next thing, there was a white flash, and the witness woke up 24 hours later with a violent headache. More and more people reported children going missing at the time of twilight, and Satan's Volga, as it was referred to, was a common detail in the reports. Some people described it as having huge ram horns above the headlights and glowing white curtains in the windows. No one ever reported seeing a driver or any occupants, but the children still disappeared. It's believed that it's their blood Satan was after. The malevolence of the Volga wasn't limited to children, though. Anyone who tried to intervene and approach Satan's limousine would usually be dead within a day, some of them on the spot. Luckily, after the 70s, the Black Volga was never seen again. 
And thank you to Steve Stockton for his nightly feature, Among the Missing, here on Spaced Out Radio to kick off hour number three every Monday through Friday night. We love it when Steve is here. If you want more stories like that, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel by going to youtube.com forward slash Among the Missing. From the mysterious to the UFOs, it's that time in the night where we bring in our resident Timbit, Little Timmy Senor, and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. And Tim Senor coming on in. We love it when you're here, buddy. How you been doing? Man, I've been doing really well, Dave. How about yourself? It's it's kind of been sunny and beautiful here in Oregon. You know, I woke up this morning and it was four degrees Celsius. Four degrees Celsius. That's I think around thirty-eight degrees Fahrenheit. I'm not ready for this, man. Not ready. Yeah. It's- it seems like the weather almost changed overnight. I know it went from 80 degrees down to like freezing literally the next day. Oh. It's uh bizarre. We just had a fire up here recently too. That came super close to where I was living. And uh, here we are not even a week later and there's frost on the ground and we've had quite a bit of rain. So yeah, taking care of those right fires, now. but bizarre, bizarre weather. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's nice to uh, see the rain coming in here, too. So, I mean, the good part about it is when the temperatures start to drop and we get that nighttime rain, you know that the chances of forest fires uh, lighting up this late are slim to none. So it's, uh, it's a nice, nice time of the year for that, I can tell you that. But it's, it's a little weird, though, because, you know, just three months ago, you know, it was daytime up until like ten thirty, eleven o'clock here. And now it's like getting dark at like eight o'clock. It's like, come on. Pretty soon it'll be dark at three thirty. I don't like that Not when it's ready. dark at three thirty. Not ready for it. I never am, but it comes every year. First day of school for the kiddos back today. So yeah. Yeah, mine too. back into that routine. Yeah. Yeah. Mine started grade five today and he's already pumped up. You know, he, he's, uh, ready for, uh, for some fun. He's ready to learn and he's, he's, uh, uh, pretty pumped up about it to be back with his friends. That's for sure. That's, that's great. Mine. T- with so tick two for moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, you could show off your skin again. And you know what that means? Beach day. As a Tic2 inhibitor, so Tic2 is the only once daily pill of its kind for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis. Ask your dermatologist about so Tic2 today and learn more at SoClearlyYou.com. That's SoClearlyYou.com. 
Sotic2, Decravacitinib, is a prescription treatment for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis who may benefit from systemic therapy or phototherapy. Don't take if you're allergic to Sotic2. Serious reactions can occur. Before treatment, get checked for infections, including tuberculosis. Sotic2 can lower your ability to fight infections. Don't start if you have one. Serious infections, cancers including lymphoma, muscle problems, and changes in certain labs have occurred. Tell your doctor if you have a history of these events, or if you have an infection or symptoms like fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you have history of hepatitis B or C, liver or kidney problems, high triglycerides, or had a vaccine or plan to. So Tick 2 inhibits Tick 2, which is part of the Jack family. People 50 and older with heart disease risk factors who use a Jack inhibitor are at increased risk for certain side effects, sometimes fatal. It's unknown if So Tick 2 has the same risks as Jack inhibitors. Call 1-888-SOTYKTU to learn more. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. See T-Mobile.com. Is your boy going to pick up an instrument? Well, uh, I'm trying to get him back into guitar. He starts hockey in uh, in about a week and a half here. The hockey season starts. But, you know, my little guy, you know, I know every parent says this, okay? But I love listening to my little guy sing, man. Like, when my little guy is singing... He actually has a, he got that from his mama. That's for sure. He has a beautiful voice that he could stay like, he likes his metal. Okay. So he could, he could do the growling metal or he could do the high pitched eighties hair band metal. And he sounds like totally in tune. Now, obviously the voices are going to be different, you know, because he, his voice hasn't changed yet, you know, but listening to him sing the kids got talent so i'm hoping uh i told him within two weeks i need to know about him restarting guitar lessons so you know i love it yeah daddy's little slash yeah i would love for him to play guitar that's uh that's something special but nonetheless we're here to talk some ufos tonight and From UFO testimony, apparently there are a number of lawmakers who feel that they are being stonewalled by the military and other factions. What's going on here, Tim? Yeah, so Newsweek is bringing us a report here where Congress is actively being stonewalled here in a quote in its efforts to obtain additional powers to investigate UAP, also known as UFOs, according to the Republican, uh, a Republican lawmaker. So we know that House Oversight Committee held a session during which David Grush came forward and made everyone aware of concerns re- concerning reports 
from multiple esteemed and credentialed current and former military and intelligence community individuals regarding the existence of a secret government UAP program. However, Grush said he lacked the authorization to share such classified evidence with the committee and thus couldn't answer many of their questions. And so a bipartisan group of lawmakers is urging House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to establish a select committee with the power to subpoena witnesses. And this could also help acquire sensitive compartmented information facility or SCIF where Grush would be able to share more sensitive info. And so it is looking like currently there has been some time where uh, Luna also has claimed efforts to get Grush the the necessary security clearance to discuss classified documents. And uh, those are also actively being stonewalled. And so it just creates more and more conspiracy theories because our federal government is so arrogant and bloated, according to Tim Burchett, they'll just run out the clock. But it is also a kind of time where um, Grush has been temporarily silenced because he does have a court case where some of the allegations that he was making are being held up in court And until that's been decided and the results have been concluded, we're not going to be hearing again from David Grush um, simply because uh, we need the results of his case to come forward first. Well, uh, there's look what David Grush needs. And I think everybody would agree with me is he needs another whistleblower to come out and support what he said. And or two. One or two, minimum one, okay, to come out and support him. I mean, this guy is fighting all alone, and I feel sorry for him. I feel bad for what he has gone through and what, and what, um, you know, bad. I got to watch my words here. What fervent journalists have done to try and ruin him. Okay, and his credibility. I don't like that. Uh, I, you know, we need someone to go and and support him. And the best way that that can happen is if a brand new voice that we've never heard of, you know, says, "Hey, I'm going to stand with you," and and tell my story about what's going on. Because as Grush said in the hearings. You know, there are people who are wanting to be compliant and there are people who are, you know, going to be hostile, but will speak if they are called for testimony. And he was going to provide a list to that of of those uh, names in a skiff. And I don't know, and we don't know if that actually happened or not, but if it did, I hope Tim Burchett and his uh, team of uh, congressional People take that seriously and start calling some of these names to testify because Grush needs some help. He really does. And nobody should fight this battle alone. You know, even Lou Elizondo, for as big a shoulders as he had, you know, going public, he still had Chris Mellon and many others having his back. Okay, Grush hasn't had anybody. And he needs that help. What's your thoughts? 
I agree completely. And, um, you know, Congress is working hard to play catch up, if you will, at this point, <clears throat> because we know that there is quite a lot of information that's been made uh, to, you know, been presented to them, whether it's um, on the public hearing side or in a skiff situation. But um, even in an article recently, we know that some of the pilots that are informing Congress potentially also even um, inform former presidents and potentially even our current president. And a specific article was mentioning that um, former President Trump had been um, informed by Air Force personnel directly about UFOs and that he did have information on it. He wouldn't get specific, but we know that that information is out there. So it's up to the person's interpretation of that information and how relevant and pertinent they think it is and the um, the urgency level, you know, I guess, that's put behind it. But at this point, Congress's feet are being held to the fire and, you know, they are also being held responsible for this information, too. It's not just um, them holding representatives responsible. It's It's a chain of command at this point. And the public definitely wants to know. And so the constituency has spoken. It's a bipartisan issue. And uh, the more publicity we get, uh, you know, in the media, keeping the eyes on this topic, the better. Well, and let's hope the media supports that. Right now, they've been kind of playing the follow the leader rather than being the leader of the story outside of News Nation. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how News Nation uh, comes along and carries this and how far they're going to get a push. I mean, let's face it, they got a little bit of egg on their face uh, with the with the David Grush story, and Ross Coltart uh, took a little bit of bumps and bruises there as well for his work, especially when uh, they fell for the tweet of Ken Klippenstein being let go by The Intercept after that scathing article on Grush that I don't think should have ever been printed. You know, uh, not very good journalistic standards there by any means when you take on someone's health card. Okay, that's just not cool. You know, but I really do believe that that they're still fighting an uphill battle. And I, I stand by my word that this is a real battle. If we call it the way we, it, what's actually being played out, Tim, we're going to sound like broken records here. But this is a battle between the military-industrial complex and the voting public and the American citizen. And if this was any other topic outside UFOs, the American people would be would be scathing over this. They'd be pulling That's their true. hair out, saying, you know what, you work for us. We don't work for the military. This is America, right? You guys yeah. protect us. You know, we're we're the biggest, strongest country in the world, you know, and you work for us. We don't work for you. And, it, you know, I just wish that the media would, would see into that and would report on that part more. Because to me, that's the real story here. That's the big story that no one's reporting on. Indeed. And we know and covered this uh, just the other night that Tim Burchette is pushing with a brand new caucus on this topic. And that will bring a lot of media eyes and public eyes to this as he's drawing in more support by caucusing this way. 
do you feel like this is going to be a big drive? If he can keep the big names coming in on both sides, the AOCs, the Matt Gates, and many others of that ilk that are popular with the media, I think he has a real good shot. Okay, if he loses those names, I think he's in trouble. Because we are already seeing, like we talked about just the other night, we're already seeing people like Mike Turner, okay, uh, the representative in Ohio who just happens to have Wright-Patterson Air Force Base in his backyard and in his constituency, we see him starting to turn on the UFO subject and turn on David Grush, which is a little bit interesting, to say the least, that he would make comments about that. Did we see an informal church committee hearing or uh, a presentation perhaps take place there when he visited Wright-Patterson? And do we know if anyone else visited with him? And was this actually um, a UFO investigation church committee slash investigation? Do you have any other insight? I haven't got any more insight on that. I have been looking. I haven't got any more insight on that, but It's amazing, though, how many in the UFO community really didn't focus on that. It was like, quickly throw the Twitter cheap shot saying you're blind, you're an idiot, and then backed right away off of it. You know, it's it's very interesting to see how that played out. You know, but how, but to turn on your own party for that and your own party members. Whether you're a senator or whether you're you are a um, congressperson, to turn on your own party publicly like that, who's trying to out them and out the secrets, shows me one of two things. Number one, he either isn't very educated on the topic, and just his own opinion believes that UFOs are a bunch of garbage, or number two with Wright-Patterson Air Force Base being right in his backyard, he has a lot of connections to the military, and the people are starting to say, you need to start shutting this topic up, and we need you to do that now. And And they're applying pressure. Applying the pressure. Absolutely. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I 100% think it's, it's number two. I think he's absolutely very well informed. And part of his visit there was, you know, how are we going to continue to control this topic? Because it's looking like it gets out of our hands. And if there are other party members there and other uh, or other Congress people there, I don't know if that conversation took place. But if it was just him visiting, then maybe. Now, if it was a real church committee, that couldn't have taken place. But, um, you know, if Tim Burchett had that same access I would like to consider that um, he would be more vocal on what he discovered there and, um, you know, be more transparent perhaps on what the committee finds when they do go on some of these investigations. When we return with the UFO report with Tim Senor on Spaced Out Radio, 
UFO documentation isn't as classified in other countries like the U.S. And the Pentagon talking about UFOs in Japan. Lots more on Spaced Out Radio when we return. Good job there, Timmy. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. It's a nice shirt. <laughs> it's a comfortable shirt. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. You look like that. You look like you're having a comfortable shirt kind of day. I am. It's been a it, it's been a long day. You look great. I love the hat. I love the hat. You know why you I bought this shirt on too. You know why I bought this hat? Because it makes you look like a champion. No, I bought <laughs> this hat specifically for our project. Oh, that's great. I love it. it I wasn't happy with the ball cap look. Even though I'll still rock the ball cap. Wanted something different. You're upgrading. Yeah, you're upgrading to the investigator hat. Yeah. Uh, Cherry Pepsi Mike says, Tim's shirt would look better with some Pepsi stains. (laughs) I'm drinking water, but I'll work on that. Yeah, he only drinks sparkling water, people. That just shows you the type of lifestyle Tim lives. Sparkling water. Mm Mm-hmm. Ball buster, this guy. Wow. Look at the shots coming this way. Little Robbie G, Davey Kruger, Area 51. Dave looks like he was a suspect for shooting Kennedy. Derek Galloway, a nightmare on Dave Street. Pure gold. Yeah, Jeremy Jones says... In regards to your shirt, you probably eat veggie burgers too. Oh my god, I do. Oh it's no. so embarrassing. Veggie I, nut burgers. Yeah, I just quit eating meat. Literally. Why? And we discussed the veggie burgers. Well don't get me started. Every once in a while I quit meat for like six months to a year. Just do. Mm. <laughs> yeah, sorry, buddy. Uh, Carlos Gonzalez, how you doing, man? Cherry Pepsi, Mike, isn't it like uh, 2.30 in the morning where you are? Shouldn't shouldn't you be curled up with a bag of Cheetos <laughs> and a couple of Cherry Pepsis with, or wiping your fingers off on your white T-shirt or on your chin? I do not drive a Prius, though. Tell him what I drive, Dave. No, he drives a gas guzzler. Chevy Suburban chuzzles gas. Just ridiculous. But I do have five little rub mm-hmm. rats. Mm-hmm. They guessed so well with the veggie nut burger, though. You're so right on with that. Dave Kruger. I do. Yeah. Derek nailed it. You know what drives me nuts? Is when you um, go handle? to the supermarket, and then they try and pass off, pass off the fake meat as actual meat, like faux turkey burger, or whatever veggie turkey burger. It tastes like turkey. No, it doesn't. 
Hey, I only bought two new hats. This one and this one. They're both awesome. They They're are both, both perfect awesome. for you. They are. Did both you catch awesome. my joke? You didn't catch my joke when you asked me what drives you nuts. I said a handle. You're like, you know what drives me nuts? I'm like, a handle? What the hell? I don't get it. That's like a handle down there because it drives your nuts. Never mind, dude. Still don't get it. Yeah. Watch it back later. Yeah. All right. I will never wear a beret. Fished beside a guy with a beret one time. Drove me nuts. You're actually from California. You're not really Canadian, are you? Who the hell goes fishing wearing a beret? That still pisses me. I lost my fishing title with my buddies because of the beret guy. Pissed me off so bad. French Canadians or the French would wear a beret fishing. All right. Thank you to Louis Times 2, Android, Deb, Free Your Mind, Gizmo, Kevin, and Shade Viking. For the great super chats tonight, very much appreciate the love. And don't forget, you can join our Space Travelers Club. The link is in the description below on YouTube. And if you want to look good like little Timmy Senor or myself, go shopping at spacedoutradio.com on our store. We got good swag there for you. Here we go, everybody. Final half hour with Tim. We continue with the UFO report momentarily. My name is Dave Scott, your host of Spaced Out Radio. Thank you for joining us tonight. If you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio or on any major podcast network like Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, or Google Play. Our website, spacedoutradio.com, we have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag, follow us on Twitter at spaced out radio, Instagram at spaced out radio show. And you can join the Space Travelers Club on Patreon. Little Timmy Senor joins us for the UFO report. And we're getting into it, man. Getting into some juicy, juicy subjects. Like every other country doesn't seem to be as strict on UFOs and the documentation like the U.S. What's going on here? That's right. And, for example, Brazil. Brazil and the United States are two countries of continental proportions, frequent UFO sightings, and active communities of extraterrestrial enthusiasts. But how each has responded to the most fundamental of human questions, are we alone, has been sharply different. In the United States, the matter of UFO has often been treated... AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. 
Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit T-Mobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One-year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six-plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. CTMobile.com. Introducing Two Hoots, a bolder hard iced tea made from sustainably sourced real brewed tea and lemon flavor. Available in original hard iced tea, zero sugar hard iced tea, and half and half. Don't just give a hoot, give two. Learn more at twohootshardtea.com. Be wise, drink responsibly. All registered trademarks. Used under license by Two Hoots Hard Ice Tea, Chicago, Illinois. Two Hoots Zero Sugar Average Analysis for 12 fluid ounces. 100 calories, 14 grams carbs, 0 grams protein, 0 grams fat. As a closely guarded government secret. Meanwhile, in Brazil and much of South America, there has been much more relaxed attitude toward the inexplicable and the public's right to know and the limits of the scientific explanations. And so now, as legislators in Washington push for the same transparency that other parts of the world have, the cultural and nationalistic differences between how countries interpret the skies and what is divulged have grown even more apparent. In South America, at least four countries, Uruguay, Argentina, Chile, and Peru, have public government programs that study and investigate UFO activity. Argentina and Chile regularly release reports on UFO, and in Uruguay, which has passed UFO details along to the U.S. since the 70s, the military runs the commission for the reception and investigation of complaints for UFO. So we've often, and this is a quote, we've been sharing the information with the public since the beginning, said Colonel Ariel Sanchez, the head of the Uruguayan program. He says that we believe that people need to be informed. And whether a country shares that contention, researchers say, often comes down to the military interests. And so the U.S., for example, has been less willing to publicize or publicly engage on questions about UFOs, even going so far as to spread misinformation since the 50s for fear of seceding or or uh, letting go strategic advantage to adversaries in jeopardizing national security. Whereas in Brazil, polls show that 33% of the people believe in ET and ufologists are not treated as crackpots. In fact, they run magazines and operate through official sounding organizations such as Brazilian Commission of Ufologists. And some were even granted an audience before the Brazilian Senate last year. And so they've met with military leaders and, in fact, generals in turn openly wonder about ETs without fear of any kind of derision. So we can see how things are definitely handled different between our countries, Dave, and perhaps the United States are starting to take a look at how it's handled in other countries. But what's the big takeaway here? They've been honest with their people and their public since the 50s, and the U.S. decided to take a totally different direction. And according to the Washington Post in this article, they're saying it's due to military interest and how the truth is handled. What's your take on that? Well, I would agree with the article. 
that it is due to military interest, the reason why. And look, there's a case here in Canada where a UFO allegedly crashed in Manitoba. And by the time the Canadian military got there, American military members were already there stating, we're taking this. And the Canadians said, no, we're not. no, you're not. This is ours. It's on Canadian soil. And the big, bad American military basically said, well, you could stick that hockey puck up where the sun doesn't shine. We're coming home with it. And eventually, they got their way. The Americans just took it. Okay? When, when you have as much defense power as the United States, and you are the protectors of the West, which is pretty much all of Europe except for the UK, which is all of North America, all of South America, you get a little bit of pull with what's going on. Okay, you get a little bit of pull that if something happens or something crashes, you get that. Part of the deal. Hey, you know, if if the Russians come over and they invade you, do you want our help? Or do you want us to say, oh, just take them, we don't care. Right? And I think the... One, that's one of the reasons. Remember we talk about this UFO Pandora's box? I think that's one of the secrets. Is because there have been numerous threats. Maybe some political jousting. It says, hey, remember those those guns that just showed up for your army when you were short on guns or short on ammunition or short on tanks or grenades or whatever? And we just kind of look the other way, we helped you out because we're good friends, well, we're cashing in right now. And we're going to take that UFO. You're not going to talk about it. You're not going to care about it. And that's what I think happens. Okay? And I could be wrong. Don't think I am. But I could be wrong. That the, and once again, we talk about the military-industrial complex inflexing its muscle. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And we can kind of draw a line at 1970, or I'm sorry, 1950, you know, around Roswell. Um, at, the same, at the same time in South America, they were dealing with Colaris and the crash that took place mm-hmm. there. And in the decades that followed that, the military treated reports of subsequent sightings largely um, openly, and they were committing themselves to transparency. And even though there was um, a military dictatorship uh, that ruled Brazil during those times, information was potentially restricted, but there was still access to these cases, and they decided to be open with the public since then. Whereas the United States around 1950 decided to do the exact opposite with our Roswell incident, um, instead of hiding it, uh, or I'm sorry, instead of, um, you know, being transparent like they did in Brazil with Colaris, they decided to obfuscate and lie and cover it up. And that was definitely a turning point for both countries and how they were going to handle this. Well, I don't know how it's going to be handled overall, but the way I look at it is 
the U.S. has a lot more to lose. Okay, they got a lot more secrets, a lot more agencies that are in this than any other country. It's easy for other countries to discuss it. But the funny part about it is, it's all countries with extremely small militaries, some of them very antiquated militaries that are still using equipment from the 1950s and 60s. Okay, and I think that with the amount of secrets, the United States doesn't have a choice but to try and keep this secret. And the pressure is on, but the other side is given a pretty good fight. All right, let's move on here, Tim. Let us go to what's happening with the Pentagon and Japan. Yeah. Last week, the Pentagon launched an official website for current or former service members and eventually regular people to submit suspected alien sightings. And so named the All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or ARO, it marked the latest development in a wave of euphoria. So now the Department of Defense has revealed some of its initial revelations. Most notably, the website has helped assemble a map of hotspots across the world and where unidentified aerial phenomenon, formerly known as UFOs, according to this article, are most frequently cited. And so surprisingly to anyone who suspected that UFOs were suspiciously concentrated over the U.S. and U.K. military bases, Japan has actually recorded the largest amount, according to the data gathered between 1996 and 2023. And so the 27 years of data have been made public for the first time via an Arrow report which contains a map visualizing the reported hotspots. And according to the map, sightings have been concentrated around western and southern Japan, seemingly correlating with the atomic bomb sites of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. And so other areas that have spotted disappropriate amount of UFOs include the southeastern United States, as well as an area in the Middle East, that includes Iraq and Syria. Now, of course, it's worth keeping in mind who's publishing this data, the U.S. Department of Defense, and what the potential ulterior motives they might have for stoking speculation about alien sightings in these regions. And so the prevalence of UFO over Japan doesn't come with a complete surprise, although the country has been reluctant to share data with the rest of the world in the past. And so, on the other hand, Japanese astronomers have also been working to get in touch with aliens in deep space for decades, transmitting messages about humanity and inviting E.T. to make contact. Unfortunately, the aliens are yet to respond. But it looks like it was definitely the biggest hotspot, according to the DOD. And so, Arrow publishing some results about hotspots. Dave. What do you think about the results that that website is producing? And what do you think about the information that Japan, Fukushima region in particular, being a hotspot? Well, here's a couple things I have to say about that. Number one, it seems like these UFOs, if they are from space, have a real keen interest on disasters, on... um you know, whether they're man-made or whether they are natural disasters. We've seen them and heard about, you know, there's a famous video out there. I don't think it's ever been debunked of a UFO that's flying within the 
the the ash clouds of a volcano as it's erupting. Okay, we've seen videos like that. Uh, people have claimed in war uh, in war torn countries to have a lot of UFO activity in the sky, and that's not from the locals who may not have ever seen that technology, but that is from soldiers on the ground. I have talked to numerous people who have served in Afghanistan and Syria and Iraq who have seen UFOs over the battlefield. You know, it just seems that the they seem to pop up in the in the most intriguing of places when crap is hitting the fan, either naturally or by man's hand. So I find that extremely interesting. The other thing too I think we need to understand is we shouldn't be surprised about the hot spots in Japan. Everybody or every country has their own hot spots. You know, we were talking black triangles the other day on the show uh, with Martin Willis. And the area where my parents live and where I used to live is a hot spot for black triangle sightings. Why is that? Why is it not in Vancouver, which is 40 miles away? Every country seems to have these hot spots of activity. Look at the UK with crop circles. They're a hot spot generator for crop circles, both man-made and mysteriously made. And what's seen when they are mysteriously made? UFOs. You've mentioned Brazil many times. Brazil has its hot spots. Mexico has its hot spots. The United States has its hot spots. Look around, uh, you know, Vancouver, Washington, right along the border of, of Oregon. Okay, and then you head a little bit east and 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 south. And if you look at uh, James Gilliland's E. Seti Ranch, a lot of stuff happens in that area, right along Volcano Alley, which comes right up to where I live now. Lots of UFOs. Why is that? Why does there seem to be a lot of UFOs along coastlines? Right? There's a lot of questions. Why does there seem to be UFOs around nuclear facilities, whether it's energy facilities or whether it's military installations for nuclear weaponry? Why is that? Could you call those hot spots? Right? There there's a lot of different um a lot of different ways that we are are not generating hotspots. So Japan having its own hotspots, I think that is irrelevant. It'll be big news for people who maybe are just tuning into this subject and wanting to learn, okay? But the hotspots are everywhere. I don't think we need to be focusing on them. Your thoughts? Your microphone's on mute. Uh, Thank you for that. My thoughts are more along the terms of Arrow its website and the propaganda potentially there on this topic. And when you go there for data, it brings up hotspots, but that map of hotspots doesn't corroborate with the national UFO database map of hotspots. It's a little different. So they've used different data points to collect and gather their, uh, their information. And so it just, you know, why is there information about, UFO hotspots, 
on an Arrow website when they claim to have no information about UFOs. Um, it just seems very conflicting and counterintuitive that this organization is, you know, producing information when it says it has none. And then some of the information that we're seeing is very old information, you know, potentially, or, um, you know, maybe they're very specific to what they're looking for. Are they just looking for things that are military? Um, are they just looking for things that are around, um, you know, our energy sources and resources? So I am more, and I'm not being conspiratorial here, but um, I just have to ask why they have information on hotspots on the website. And is that for them or is that for us? Well, I mean, when we did a, a little bit of a dive into the Arrow website the other night on the show, the one thing that we learned was what? That they don't determine UFOs as any part of their results. It's all about UAP. Exactly. And how did they describe it? Everything that is not UFO or what we would perceive as being UFOs. So these hotspots then, are they areas that certain government programs are watching? Certain aircraft that take off from certain bases in Nevada that have the capabilities of taking some pretty brilliant pictures? Is that what they're seeing or claiming? We don't know. We Those don't are the know. right questions, though. There's that, a lot I of mean, questions. You're on the right track. I don't yeah. trust Arrow. I don't think anybody should trust Arrow. They haven't done anything to earn the trust. Okay, it's just like Enigma Labs. I don't. I wouldn't recommend any of our listeners put any of their UFO reports towards Enigma Labs until they are more transparent on a. What are they doing with my personal information? B. Who are they working for? C, do they have any government ties or contracts? There's a lot of questions there. And that's what we need to focus on. Finally, we got two minutes, Tim, so we got to do this one quick. Livingston, <laughs> Scotland, 1979 UFO incident. What happened there? And this is coming from the alienbluebook.com website, and it's a brand new site that is coming forward with information about incidents and UFOs in history. Very neutral, just information. And the Livingston UFO incident from 1979 is a notable event that occurred in Livingston in West Lothian, Scotland. And the incident unfolded around 10.30 p.m. when police officers on duty received multiple calls from concerned citizens about a strange and brightly lit object in the sky. Responding to calls, several officers, including experienced constables, ventured out to investigate the unusual UFO. As they arrived at the scene, they were stunned to witness the enigmatic diamond-shaped object themselves. And according to the eyewitness accounts, the object exhibited a distinctive appearance. It was described as having a diamond or lozenge shape with pulsating and alternate alternating lights that emitted a colorful and hypnotic display. And so the lights appeared to shift in a rhythmic manner and added to the surreal nature of the sighting. So it hovered slightly, silently and smoothly in the sky, defying conventional movement and patterns, and then shot off into the distance. And so along with other witnesses, they were all awestruck 
at the behavior of this remarkable object in the days following it was um, it received significant media coverage and experts and researchers in the field considered it a very significant event and began analyzing it. So there are a lot of details at alienbluebook.com and I'd love to go in deeper, but Dave, this sort of thing has been happening recently too with diamond shaped objects, but now we're even hearing it back in the eighties in Scotland, a lot of witnesses, a European event. What's your take on something like that when the police back then are filing those reports? I think it's great when you see or hear reports of the same craft that are being seen today that are being seen 40, 50 years ago. That tells me that there's something out there that we got to keep pushing for. We got to keep looking. Tim, got to keep that one short. Appreciate you coming on in, my man, for another great UFO report. We'll talk to you in a couple nights' time as Tim Senor is about to bow out for the evening. And we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAB, Facebook, Spreaker. LinkedIn, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends... We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Woo Train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. AT&T and Verizon lure you in with their best phone offers, only to lock you into a three-year phone contract. Three years! Missing out on the latest, greatest phones because you're trapped by your carrier. Not at T-Mobile. Break free from three-year phone contracts with our best Go 5G plans and say goodbye to being stuck with an outdated phone. Now, with T-Mobile's best Go 5G plans, upgrade when you want. Every year or every two, you decide. At T-Mobile, you have more choice than ever to take charge of your upgrade. All on America's largest 5G network. Visit tmobile.com now to take charge of your phone upgrades. One year upgrade on Go 5G Next requires financing new qualifying device and upgrading in good condition after six plus months with 50% paid off. Upgrade ends financing and any promo credits. Ctmobile.com. Is what you find on Instagram? <laughs> 
who you find worth sharing with. Dude, I'm dying right now. This is so us. On Instagram, sharing something small can start something big.